0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. For today, we will be examining the latest Modern Retirement Monthly publication from the UBS Chief Investment Office, which poses the question which assets are better to use in retirement? Uh, Joining me this morning for the conversation, glad to welcome uh, the two lead authors for the publication. They are Ainsley Carbone, Retirement Strategist for the Americas, as well as Justin Waring. Senior Total Wealth Strategist for the Americas, uh, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. So with that, Ainsley, Justin, as always, thank you for dropping by Top of the Morning, spending some time with our listeners, our clients. A uh, Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. So to get started, Justin, the latest Modern Retirement Monthly, it does guide readers on how to earmark assets for tax efficient retirement spending, along with those for inheritance as well as philanthropy. So what are some key considerations when it comes to this process? Maybe put another way, what should clients be asking themselves and how can a financial advisor help along in this process?
2: Yeah, thanks again for having us, Dan. When we are thinking about which assets to assign to a specific goal, we really want to make sure that we're considering the tax implications. Because obviously, you're only able to spend tax, uh, you know spend your assets down on an after-tax basis if you want to use them for funding your lifetime spending. But there may be you know fewer tax consequences if you leave that asset to uh, a philanthropic organization. They they are generally um, you know, able to avoid paying income tax, for example. Um, and then another important consideration is liquidity. Some assets are more expensive to sell and manage and are therefore less attractive as a way to fund your lifetime spending. You know, for example, the home that you live in is a little bit difficult to tap into the value of it without downsizing or taking out a mortgage or doing something else like that. And so that might be a more attractive asset to leave to as inheritance for the next generation. Uh, same thing goes for maybe some illiquid, you know, art collections or or uh, collectibles, um, and so really what we're, what we're looking at overall is when an asset isn't aligned with its intended purpose, you're you're going to miss out on on opportunities to boost your after tax growth potential, uh, your ability to efficiently support your your retirement spending on a tax efficient basis, and you may you know. Be, you may actually incur a higher tax cost when it comes to transferring wealth across generations and and maximizing your, your potential philanthropic impact. So this exercise is entirely about trying to find which is the ideal purpose for each of the assets that you've saved and, and invested in and making sure that you have enough assets in each category so that you'll be able to achieve your goals.
0: Okay, so with those considerations in mind, Ainsley, to welcome you into the conversation, maybe we can now dive into some of the key questions which are raised within the publication, beginning with which assets are better for funding lifetime spending versus improving the lives of others?
1: Thank you, Dan. Yeah, so what we're essentially trying to address here is Let's say you're looking at your balance sheet. You're looking at all those assets on your balance sheet. You're trying to decide which of those assets are better to use during retirement and which may be better to save for gifting, wealth transfer, transfer, or philanthropy. Now, there are the two considerations that Justin had mentioned, liquidity and tax efficiency. But one thing to think about in terms of tax efficiency is that when you're looking at the different assets on your balance sheet, some of those assets or account types are going to be taxed differently depending on who the beneficiary is. And so I'll give two examples just to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. So one asset that a lot of people see as, or account type that people see as being used for for retirement is, excuse me, a health savings account. So the health savings account is a triple tax advantage account, no taxes on contributions, no taxes on investment growth, And then as long as it's used for qualified medical expenses, no taxes on distributions. Since this has three tax advantages, a lot of times people think, okay, well, I don't want to spend it during retirement. I'm just going to keep letting this tax advantage growth compound. And while at a high level, yes, that makes sense. But if you think about where that money, where those HSA dollars are eventually going to go, if it goes to a, a spousal beneficiary, then yes, that might make sense because When it's transferred to a spousal beneficiary, that spouse gets to maintain that same tax treatment. However, if you're passing that HSA to a non-spousal beneficiary like your child, what's going to happen is they're going to owe taxes on it. It's going to become taxable income to them at that point when it's transferred to them. And so if you've let these dollars grow for a long period of time and you have that triple tax advantage compounding then it's potentially going to be a very large tax burden for that non-spouse beneficiary. So that's one example. Another example I just wanted to highlight is taxable accounts, taxable assets. So typically people like to sometimes retirees think about spending them earlier in retirement because it's a long-term capital gain. They get to take it out at a potentially lower rate than ordinary income tax. But one thing to note is that if you're transferring taxable accounts to a to someone at death, what happens at death, you get that step up in cost basis. So the the growth on that account could potentially be tax free when transferred to your heirs. And so those are just two of the account types or assets that we highlight in figure four of the report. Those are just two that kind of illustrate how this can be definitely very complicated. But when it comes to thinking about which are better for retirement and which are better for lifetime spending, Tax efficiency is key, liquidity is key, and then the third thing you, thing you want to think about is also who is it that's going to be receiving these assets.
0: So Ainsley, is a follow-up, and this was another question raised within the report, which surplus assets should be used for inheritance versus philanthropy? How does one exactly make that distinction?
1: So again, you're, you're definitely still going to be looking at the beneficiary, the liquidity is obviously an important consideration, and again, the tax cost. So let's say if you are leaving, looking to leave assets to your children or your adult children, you want to think about the income tax burden of those assets. Are they in a higher income tax bracket than you? If so, leave, we would suggest leaving assets that would be a lower income tax burden, such as Roth assets or taxable assets. Again, if that taxable account would be able to be left until death when it's transferred to those. Children and get that stuff up in cost basis. However, if uh, if you're looking, if you have assets on your balance sheet that have a potentially higher income tax cost, like potentially a traditional IRA or 401k, or that health savings account that would be transferred to a non-spouse beneficiary, then those would be better to pass to beneficiaries who are in a lower income tax bracket than you, or potentially charities, since charities generally pay no income taxes. So in our report, we focus primarily on income tax efficiency and liquidity considerations. But when it comes to addressing this question about which of the assets should be better to use for inheritance versus philanthropy, there are a whole lot of considerations to keep in mind, too many to really get into one report. But some other things to think about with these legacy assets is you want to think about well what's the federal estate tax implications what about state estate and inheritance taxes also you want to think about the family dynamics and any sentimental value that may be associated with any of these assets so there are certainly a lot of moving parts but in the report we do aim to kind of simplify it to give you a starting point which which really just comes down to looking at the ta- the income tax implications of taking certain assets and transferring it either to a an heir or philanthropy.
0: Right. And the report is very helpful in doing that. Though, Justin, from hearing everything Ainsley has shared with us, there's a lot here to keep track of. So I'm curious, do you have any guidance, Justin, in terms of how one can go about managing these types of assets in order to achieve their goals?
2: Yeah, absolutely. As usual, we like to think about all of this through the lens of the liquidity longevity legacy framework because this this really does boil things down to a more intuitive framework that you know makes it a bit easier to to uh, balance all of the considerations at once. So the liquidity strategy is really oriented for short term spending, make sure that we have you know assets that we, that can help to provide cash flow regardless of what markets are doing in the short term. The longevity strategy is all of the wealth that we need for the rest of our lives, and the legacy strategy represents the excess wealth. And so using that framework, the the first step to to segmenting wealth by purpose is to find the assets that have the most appropriate tax and liquidity considerations for each of those three purposes. And so prioritize first the assets that should be earmarked for your lifetime spending needs Then earmark specific assets that will help you fund your specific lifetime giving goals, so charitable donations as well as lifetime gifts to your family. And then work with your financial advisor to confirm that you've earmarked enough resources with those two categories to achieve all of your lifetime goals with a very high level of confidence. And then once you've you've followed through those steps, you can work with your financial advisor to you know structure the other assets in your balance sheet as excess wealth and and get them in a position to help you maximize after tax wealth transfer you know taking taking steps to potentially enhance your investment strategy, potentially um build in more estate planning considerations so that you're less subject to the estate tax as well as identify other opportunities that may you know you know optimize your wealth to better achieve those goals now that you've you've identified which resources are available. So for example, adding annuities to your lifetime spending assets can help you reduce the risk of outliving your wealth or, or being uh, subject to market volatility. And life insurance, for example, may help you to meet specific inheritance goals without having as much risk about market volatility or poor investment returns. And so... Um, one of the other outcomes of this process is that you may identify other, um, decisions that you may want to make, such as accelerating some of your gifting decisions so that you can enjoy seeing the impact that, that the money that you've, you've saved and invested, uh, will have on your family and your community. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, maximizing the amount of wealth that we're able to transfer to the next generation is, um, in terms of dollar amount is easiest to accomplish by just deferring as long as possible and enjoying compound growth but many families uh, are are deciding to accelerate their gifting into their or their retirement years so that they can really see the impact that that has um, on the, on the people and causes that they care about
0: well, this has been very helpful, and we have heard a lot. And it's important for our clients listening in to always know they can speak with their UBS financial advisor to help them throughout this process. Though, before we close out, Ainsley, Justin, any final thoughts, takeaways? Uh, Ainsley, perhaps we'll hear from you first, and then Justin, feel free to weigh in.
1: So, going off of what Justin was just uh, speaking about, when it comes to accelerating lifetime gifting, another benefit to that, another reason to consider. Accelerating your lifetime gifting is because when we're looking at current law, under current law, an individual can give away $13.61 million or $27.22 million for a married couple. They can give that away to others during their lifetime or at death without being subject to gift or estate taxes. Now, without any congressional action, these amounts, these exemption amounts are set to continue to increase with inflation through 2025. But in 2026, they'll decrease back to about $5 million per individual adjusted for inflation when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act provision sunsets. So if you're able to prioritize accelerating your lifetime gifting, and you can do that prior to 2026 when that provision sunsets, then you'll be able to take advantage of that higher exemption amount and potentially get more assets to your beneficiaries, whether it's uh, your children or charitable donations. And you'll be able to get those assets, more of those assets, to your beneficiaries, and have a larger impact because you could potentially be subject to no or minimum gift and estate taxes.
2: And I would just add that you know when when you're able to think about these these different purposes of of your hard-earned savings proactively, and when you're able to view your family unit as um, as a whole, it does unlock other potential strategies that can help you to manage your your overall tax burden on a family level. And so one of the benefits of thinking through this decision early to mid retirement is that you're able to take advantage of those, those other strategies to, you know, enhance the after tax value that your family can get from those hard earned assets, as well as, you know, slowly, um, and carefully and intentionally communicate uh, your inheritance plans to your family and, and, and help them um, avoid the shock of, of getting lots of wealth as an end of life bequest. You know, one of the things that we often see in TV shows is, you know, the family sitting around the, the lawyer's office and, and hearing the will be read, read aloud, which is really great drama for, for TV, but is a pretty bad experience for the family to be learning things as a surprise uh, after you're already gone. And so one of the things that we really focus on when we're, when we're looking at this type of analysis is helping you to put all of your decisions into a context that, that maximizes your after tax wealth potential, but also just best helps you reach your goals, whatever your goals are in terms of transferring wealth to the next generation. Uh, our goal is to build a framework that helps you uncover and address um, non-financial considerations as well as financial considerations so that your plan goes to plan when it comes to transferring wealth across generations.
0: Well, Justin Ainsley, always a very productive, insightful conversation. So do want to thank you both for dropping my top of the morning today to spend some time with our listeners, our clients, sharing your insights. And do look forward to having you both back on the podcast again soon.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Great to be here.
0: Again, today we have been joined by Ainsley Carbone, Retirement Strategist Americas, as well as Justin Waring, Senior Total Wealth Strategist Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Again, I do want to point our listeners, our clients, to the publication which Justin and Ainsley have been making reference to on today's podcast, that being the Modern Retirement Monthly. Title is Which Assets Are Better to Use in Retirement? I would definitely encourage our clients to contact. Their UBS financial advisor to receive a copy of the publication directly. The publication can also now be located up on ubs.com/cio for everyone's reference. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. Timeframes may vary. Strategies are subject to individual client goals, objectives, and suitability. This approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved. Neither UBS, Financial Services, Inc., nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances.